Welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. Oil and water, Jimmy. We're going to take a look at uh, comics that were penciled by the slick, pared-down skills of Alexander Toth with the what we commonly know as very maniacal, detailed inking of Terry Austin. It's a strange pairing. It is a strange pairing, and we're going to uh, jump into that. But first... The business ahead of time, man, is that uh, we have comics out on the shelves or impending. We have uh, link trees in the description below our videos where you can get to all of our stuff. Jimmy has the Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive trade paperback from Image Comics that is selling out faster and faster. Every time we put up videos, there are less copies on the shelves in comic shops. This trade paperback collects all of his Image Comics hardcover albums as well as some uh some extra material some extra comics that have not uh been published in wide capacity i imagine there were maybe just a couple hundred of the christmas specials or the halloween specials yeah it's a rare one darkest comic jimmy has ever made was is his <laughs> christmas special i stand by that uh you guys got to read that man so get your hands on the street angel deadliest girl alive trade paperback and you got a bunch of stuff on your patreon too that's very unique that Hasn't seen the light of day beyond uh, very small print runs. Red Room Trigger Warnings issue number one has been delayed because of the paper shortage. Turns out we need toilet paper more than we need uh, reading material on said toilets. But uh, February is when Red Room Trigger Warnings issue number one is coming out. Here are the various flavors of variant cover to go along with that. Uh, these have been ordered and locked in by your comic shop, man, and there was a ransomware attack that sort of cut off a bunch of orders. So these are going to be rare comics. The entire print run is going to be pretty rare. Uh, I want it to sell out on day one, so beat this into your head, Kayfabers, and I'm going to let you know the day this comes out because I want it selling out on day one. Uh, you could read these comics, though, right now on, pa on my Patreon. All those links are on my link tree in the description below this video. So Jim, like when we were putting our emails together, what are we gonna look at this this next week? Um, this this Alex Toth 1983 Superman annual uh, has been in my stacks probably since the beginning of kayfabe because it is, um, you know, it's late period Alex Toth doing superhero comics, which he didn't do very much of, and inked by none other than Terry Austin then you pulled out this Green Lantern comic from the same year, inked by uh, Terry Austin. Must have been an editor or something that was connected there, you know, putting this together. Or, I, I don't know, man, maybe Alex Toth needed alimony money. Not mm -hmm. sure. Um, but both under handsome Gil Kane covers. You know, like, like clearly it looks like... A this, package. Right, exactly. Like, uh, get the team together twice. Gil Kane was so proud of uh, this comic that he signed it yes. two times. There's <laughs> the Gil Kane right there. There's the GK right there. Hilarious. <laughs> So uh, we, what's fascinating is like we we've done several Toth videos. He's got the pared down style, chiaroscuro, like good lighting, separating form with with black and white. No no noodling. Very little extraneous detail. If it's there, it's communicating something very specific. Terry Austin, hyper detailed guy, a pen user, adding lots of like little filigree to his pieces. Let's see what these guys look like. Borderline finisher, you know, Terry sure. Austin, uh, probably came to prominence working over John Byrne on X-Men where 
there was a lot going on in those books and Terry Austin was doing some heavy lifting was 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 turning some some uh, scribbles into foliage or you know whatever background information whatever detail was necessary so like brought a lot to the artistic collaborations he was a part of yeah so launching right into things like these feel like toth compositions you know like you could you feel the toth on here and it's interesting to see the way Terry Austin tries to sell us on these toth lines because he's he's using he's creating marks we've never seen him do before and they're like these these blunt rounded off edged you know pen marks or marker marks it's almost like he got hold of that alex toth flare pen but it didn't know exactly how to use it or something yeah that's funny and like dry some kind of dry media here for our sky it's definitely a different look yeah gasper saladino is the letterer uh is credited as letter here but when you see compositions like this i can feel the toth in there there are definitely pages that feel like classic dc lettering which is what Ga gasper did and there are furthermore pages that are not composed like this put it this way the gasper lettering pages where it's like super clear are also composed like classic jobber dc pages even though it's toth's name on the credit so so there's some despair there's something to to all of that man yeah i love toth we we as you say have looked at a lot of toth on this show have looked at a lot of toth off this show and parts of this comic like reading it this week or rereading it um it stood out to me as like man there there are pages that i i would not recognize it's toth yeah the, this this is there's some tothian stuff here although it's a little bit awkward too it is like i'm looking at these hands in the way that uh yeah that terry austin is is making decisions like you you look at this and you don't think that toth would make those decisions it's very are, frank miller-esque those hands those two hands in particular yeah yeah, it, it does make me wonder, like, what's going, what are the circumstances behind making this? Because it doesn't seem like, I don't know, what I think of as Toth, and I mean, this is 83, like, it's mature Toth. Right. Just doesn't seem like it's his fastball here. This comic, I kept looking at the front cover, like, is this from 1983 or 1953? Because it reads like a Mort Weisinger era goofball superman comic. yeah i don't know how much we want to get into the the story i read this whole thing and it was a chore to read it's, it was a terrible chore like we there's not much story that we're going to be talking about this is a very tothian page in terms of composition yes all this interesting stuff going on one of the things i was curious about and man if we would be able to talk to him like it would be great to ask like when you see a very specific light source like this i think most people would would completely silhouette like the front and just like let that backlight do the trick but he doesn't and i just wonder why that's a fun little uh figure that that feels tothian to me and there are these pieces i mean gasper gets the credit but something tells me that that toth put some stuff down it does feel like these are two different letter letters doing these two sound effects yeah this is hilarious to me. <laughs> Superman just sitting sitting on his hands there, hanging out. Hey, guys. It also makes me wonder, like, how this works in relation to, like, Super Friends. If this yeah. was something that maybe grew out of Super Friends, is like, oh, yeah, let's get, uh, let's get Alex to do something like this. I know that's some time frames a little bit different, but I could see it beginning at one point, and then some time passes and this happens. I start to see, like, Terry Austin feels like he's holding back, you know, like, 
like Terry got to get himself on the page a little bit there with this stuff. Look at that boxy ass. Right. These cars and stuff, man. But like that's very uh, Austin-ish. These panels feel a little bit awkward to me. Like you know this panel. Um, and there's several examples like that. You know, like here's another one of your hands that feels kind of clumsy. Um, I just wonder, like, is it from working off this script? Because this script is nightmarish. Yeah. You, you know, like it really was terrible to read the thing. And I can't imagine like trying to draw it. If you're Alex Toth thinking about, you know, most of his stories and the way they're laid out, it feels like maybe he had trouble with the script. Right. You know, Toth uh, laid, laid this lettering out, man. Gaspar never did something like that. He's he's trying, man. He's trying to he's trying to get something in there for sure. I love this. This is a pretty unusual figure. If you told me Ditko did the that figure, it, that would make sense to me. That's that's a weird. But that you know, like it comes back a little bit to the pacing of the story too. Like just the way the story is laid out feels strange it does this is great i love this kind of effect really you know good, trying right? to do uh speed and things like how do you represent that in an interesting way visually um i do like to see at least that's trying look at the blunt lines that austin's putting down like what are what tool are you using terry it's wild it looks like you're beating a deadline it looks so fast that that particular panel and a few of these panels i mean this All this, this is pretty quick looking that whole page so who knows? Like, if there's something that I've learned from doing this show is, you know, you start to hear the stories of like people that are in deadline crunches and through no fault of their own, they get a script and they need it turned around in a week or something. There could be circumstances like that at play. Don't this doesn't this feel Mazzucchelli-ish? Like, like Batman Year One Very energy? Much. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good call. There are there you know there are pieces where they're really going for it, and then there's the the, the blunt gimmicks. Yeah, I wonder, uh, and I didn't look it up, but I wonder if this is one of the stories that um, Toth. Would, would annotate you know on toast yeah fans. there's so a lot curious. of stories on there if it is man i bet he's uh i bet there's some angry notes in the margins of this one nobody survives the, the toast <laughs> notes you, usually because he's in full command of uh his lettering and and his uh inking and all that stuff usually it's the poor colorist yes. who's, who's going to be catching the uh the flack and i'm sure he wasn't uh thrilled with any of the the, the coloring does not stand out in this story in any positive way no I mean, if I just showed you this page, would you in a million years say Alex Toad? I, I mean, I would I would say, oh, yeah, it's Mike Sikowski. Is this an issue of Justice League of America or something? It makes me wonder if the editor was, like, asking for that kind of thing. There's that shit, too, where these fucking DC guys, like, like redoing uh, Kirby Superman faces and stuff like that. Are you getting some hacks in, in the the DC equivalent of the bullpen to... to gussy things up a bit because this is you know this is post 70s kirby like when when those old guys were really getting shit upon that's true when when you know the john byrne and the george perez uh inking and stuff was like the du jour flavor there, there's definite terry austin showing off his chops and stuff like <laughs> Dude's that good, good with foliage yeah <laughs> see this is like a guess like this is like a silver age DC comic and the lettering feels more Gaspar-ish rather than than Toth and the composition is is the same. This whole story is just exposition. Yeah It's it's such a uh, you know, like that. That's what I talk about when I say the reading experience is bad But then you but, do have little bits, right? And we're know? back to Toth. Exactly. We're back to Toth layouts Very strange 
Some of this stuff every now and then it will remind me of the Fox. Yes. Another one of his eighties comics. Yeah, that that one that one shot with the blunt um mm -hmm. gun muzzle fire, that feels like the the fox. Yeah, I think he was inking that with like some heavier marker because the lines are, you know, like it, it's very simplified and every now and then you'll get a glimpse of that in some of these pages, but yeah, this page is not one of them. This is another standard DC looking page that looks like it was like laid out before he went in and drew it or something. And and the lettering is more Gasper than Toth, and then when you get to a page like this, there's there's like Toth must have laid out this lettering and it got traced by by the guy who got the credit. That's a pretty good spread here all around. It's like look at this. Like it's this is different. Totally different. Yeah, totally different. That's almost a mystery to solve. You know, this is the Tothisms, right? Where you have your two figures coming in and, and put them in different poses, you know, like try to make that uh, as interesting as you can. You know, Toth and Kirby, they, they did that uh, that Juggernaut issue mm -hmm. where he's, where Juggernaut's coming to town and there would be these smoke grenades and stuff that would be used and he would do these hatched shadowy figures coming in, man. So this is another pass at that. That's so, to me, that's so Austin-ish, mm -hmm. you know, that whole sequence. Yeah. It's funny to think of 1983 and like Ronin, yeah. you know, with all the hatching at, at about the same time. And, you know, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, Austin inks that last issue of Frank Miller's Daredevil, and it's super hatch-heavy, and it's got to be 81, 82, right. something, you know, maybe not too too far removed from this. Oh, this is that shit where I'm reading it, like, what year is this? Did, did people accept this in 1983? You know, that, that you know, Bruce Wayne is pretending to, to be a weird hot dog vendor that's trying to overcharge Clark Kent just to pull a rib? Yeah, super bizarre. And then like a DeLuca effect. It's, it's it's just, this is a weird comic. It is. There's no two ways around it. And it, it you know, it does make me wonder like, what is, what's Alex, <laughs> why is he signing on for this? Now I've never uh, looked in this and I'm, I'm very excited to. That's actually. a pretty exciting spread. You know, that's, that's, that's your Toth kind of composition. Yeah, you, you could tell, I bet you Steve Root saw that and was just, <laughs> totally. I mean, you can imagine it being like an airplane hangar and, you know, they're under an airplane wing instead of a spaceship. Right. I always love these frame shots with black around the silhouetted figure. Yeah, that... I just think of like John Ford's Searchers, you know, the famous uh, John Wayne in the doorway image. But there's a lot of like good silhouette and shadow. Uh, you know, this feels more Tothian, mm -hmm. at least so far. Even the marks, like the inking feels... Um, atypical for a Terry Austin ink job. Yeah. Wonder if this one's a follow-up, although you'd think after the Superman, he'd just be like, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> but it does feel like this is much more collaborative and, and these two artists are more in step. The page layouts feel much more, uh, you know, like Toth is again, working from his own layouts or coming up with the layouts himself. Yeah, I wonder if those annuals just provide such a tough deadline. I don't know. It, it does make me wonder. Like, I was thinking, looking at these, how great it is that you would get... This is what annuals used to be. It's why Art Adams would do the annuals. Right. You know, it'd be these people that maybe aren't going to do a monthly book, but here's a 20-page or 30-page story. You know, take your time and, and do something exciting. Uh, it used to be a good use of annuals that way. Yeah. Then, then when we were kids, the annual was a place to, like, try out the new talent. It, 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 was, it was no longer that thing. I love that two-page spread. Yeah, they definitely, uh, the annuals have evolved quite a bit over the years. Do they even make annuals anymore? It's a good question, <laughs> and one I can't answer. Me neither. <laughs> Come on, Marvel DC. We desperately want to buy comics. Make something we want to fucking look at. 
see he's using his like animation design chops to like create these like little alien characters. I wonder if he's lettering this one because again this feels, feels like, like it. he's certainly indicating what kind of lettering he wants where it should go. Yeah I am such a fan of just not sticking within the box of of the grid and just doing little stuff like this does a lot for the excitement of the page allowing for like just negative space on the page it, it just it adds so much air and makes it a more pleasurable reading experience. 100%. You know what? Go back one more. I always think, like, uh, I want to do another lettering video, and what I want to do is remove, like, everything mm -hmm. except the word balloons and see if you still read them in order. And this is a great example of that and something like not just negative space, but also playing with your lettering placement to create that kind of movement and make it more energetic. And, you know, even with, like, weird, a little bit weird panel layouts, it's easy to follow the story just from the placement of the balloons and it's dynamic you know you have these balloons that are overlapping different panels and going into the next panel it's really kind of great and probably one of the things as much as i love lettering i don't do much of this right. and it's something i could take away from this yeah jim i think this is a spectacular looking comic yeah it's amazing to look at these two next to each other right and yeah. think like same time period same creative teams um, well, I guess I mean, I'm not sure the writer, so maybe, maybe that's important and, and that's a difference, but it, it does feel like a very different, if you didn't tell me it was the same artist, I would think it was different art, art teams. I can do and without this back. guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want this guy in my life. It's so funny. I'm cautious to go too deep till we see who it is. Like, is this a Dave Gibbons story or something? I don't, I don't think it is, but... Uh, you know, I do think it is. Oh, really? Yeah, I d absolutely do think it is, actually. Yeah, okay, okay, so this comic gets... Yeah, see, yeah, see, that's, that's your end page. Yeah. yeah, I actually do think it is Dave Gibbons, dude. Here's an amazing thing for, like, the final page of this. You would not even pick that as a DC comic if you saw... If no. I, if I pulled that out and showed you. Yeah, no, not at all. I mean, that's that's half, half Charlton sci-fi <laughs> something. <laughs> yeah, Dave Gibbons. Uh, Wow, Green Lantern's a strange comic. Yeah, you're getting your money's worth in that one. I pulled some Dave Gibbons uh, Green Lanterns for us to, to take a look at in the future, so, so it's cool that, that we oh, got a little glimpse Oh, this is a there. random issue. I was thinking that was an annual, too, but that's just uh, issue 171. Yeah, man. Awesome. So, Oil and Water, Terry Austin, and Alexander Toth. You be the judge. Is it is it is it peanut butter and, and chocolate? Is it oil and water? <laughs> Yeah, and then and then go look up Toth fans and find out what Alex Toth felt about it. <laughs> Kay Fabers, if there is some dialogue, uh, John Hitchcock, Mark Chiarello, if you got, uh, could point us in a direction to uh, some of his correspondence and, and thoughts on the matter, Terry Austin, send us some uh, postcard images, man, <laughs> of uh, what, what, what Alex had to say about these pages that you inked, man. We want to see it all. We're very curious. Till then, K favors, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell, we'll notify you when new vids are available. What's out there, Jimmy? Join me on patreon.com slash jimrug, where you can download a dozen of my out-of-print zines and mini-comics. You can see a bunch of my original art, uh, notes on how I make the comics, I make layouts, scripts, all of that stuff at patreon.com slash jimrug. Red Room, the anti-social network, trade paper back in stores now. Uh, it's not going to be there for long, though, man, so scoop it up. Get it while it's hot. Uh, the reprints are going to take forever to uh, see the light of the day because of that paper shortage. And speaking of that paper shortage, Red Room Trigger Warnings issue number one is not able to come out in December. It's coming out in February, man. I showed off the, the cover at the beginning of the video, and I want that thing to sell out on day one. It's going to be coming out in February. I want to bang the drum until then, man. So get it put on your pull list. Jimmy and I have... Uh, link trees in the description below this video where you can get to all of our stuff. Put in that pre-order for uh, Red Room Trigger Warnings issue number one. It's going to be 
uh, probably the rarest number one of of, uh, of all these comics. What else do we have out there, Jim? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video so you can look good when you're going to these uh, upcoming comic book conventions that are uh, opening up everywhere these days. That's hot, Rod. <laughs> yes. All right, man. Jimmy, give them the merchandise. We're going to be on our way. Read more comics.